0: Patriots has a message for liberals and the mainstream media. You can't handle the truth. So buckle up, snowflakes, because we're about to deliver the politically direct best in conservative commentary, news, and investigative reports. We're telling the truth, and we're not going to stop. Okay, liberals, back under the bridge with the rest of your fellow trolls. And, oh yeah, thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots. They are special, special people on RSPRadio1.com. Welcome to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Ann at the National Patriot, Diane Sorry at the Patriot Factor. Tuesday night, edition of the show, 26th of September already. Hello, Diane. Hello,
1: Craig, and how are you this evening?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it's, it's only uh, Tuesday, and it seems like it's been a long week already.
1: Doesn't it, though? I mean. It, it's like it's never ending. I. You know why? Because the election cycle, in a way, is so boring right now. It's like
0: everything just repeats itself on a daily basis. Yeah, and news-wise, we're kind of stuck in an endless loop. Yep, uh,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah, but you know, we we do the best we can. We we muddle through it, and you know, we we hope something interesting happens at some point. So we're not just sitting here talking about and writing about the same old thing over and over. But oh, uh, that's true. That's true.
1: And it's getting harder and harder, you know, to come up with original topics to write about because everything has been repeated so many times.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm about ready to make a departure from writing about political stuff and do something about uh, that uh, little package we got from the asteroid the other day. Oh yeah, that's very fascinating. I, I love that stuff and I know you do too. Uh, it's gonna be interesting yeah. to see what they discover when they start analyzing what they got back.
1: That's true. Well, I love this stuff more for personal reasons because my family's directly involved with space exploration.
0: Yeah, you you've got a space cadet in the family.
1: Oh, absolutely. A doctor of planetary sciences and astrophysics who's working on the Mars moon and uh some planet issues.
0: Not not that the guy has got anything going for him, but yeah. No, and he's a
1: millennial folks. Surprise, surprise. He's, not he's
0: all the, he's are, the one uh, off their rockers. Yeah, he's he's the <laughs> one that made it out. That's true, <laughs> you know, folks. We got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. I'm going to be talking about uh, this is what tyranny looks like, and Diane, you're covering playing a game of clear, cleverly crafted numbers.
1: Yes, in other words, you know, polls aren't quite what they seem to be.
0: Not not all the time. No, there's there's wiggle room in them. Their polls. Yes. You know, and you're going to get us all up to speed and what to look for and what to look out for. Exactly. Uh, we got some good stuff coming up for you tonight, but let's start with some quick hitters. We'll start with Gavin Newsom and his we time. <laughs> well, we kind of do because, I honestly, this is kind of important when you consider the grand scheme of things. Gavin Newsom is very much tied to none other than Hunter Biden. Apparently, the two are best buds. Yeah, well, that's what I meant. You know, uh, Newsom is part of the ick
1: factor. You know, it's like you just want to take a shower or spray yourself with Lysol after uh, discussing Newsom. But basically, you know, he's kept quiet during this whole Hunter Biden fiasco. And it's now come to light what good buddies they were.
0: Well, apparently, Hunter Biden uh, donated quite a bit of money to Newsom's campaign out in California, Mm-hmm. among other things. Among other things. And now
1: he's going to be showing up at tomorrow night's GOP debate on behalf of the Biden administration. Ew. <coughs> so it should be, you know, quite... Quite interesting to see him there. I wonder if uh, the cameras will pan on him.
0: Oh, I'm sure they will. I mean, anytime you know, somebody like that shows up at a GOP event, um, you know, they're sucking around for some camera time, and he'll get it. Yeah, but it's very... Um- Telling him being at this particular
1: camp um, debate because this is an economic debate primarily, and coming you know, in a, a little over a month and a half, will be his head butting with uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on the economy. So, don't think he's not there to pick up some. Uh, Information basically to use against DeSantis and the Republicans in general. Uh,
0: absolutely, uh, that that great debate uh, between DeSantis and Gavin Newsom comes up on November thirtieth. Uh, right, they they finally agreed to whatever terms there was. It's going to be moderated, hosted by Sean Hannity on Fox, mm-hmm. and uh, they're they're going to go at it now. I don't know, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm kind of thinking Ron DeSantis can mop the floor with Gavin Newsom when it comes to the economy. I mean, look at the difference. I mean, it's just, it's a slight difference. You might have to get a magnifying glass, but look at the difference (laughs) between the economy of Florida and the economy of California. Let's
1: put it this way. Florida is... Not only the free state of Florida, but businesses are thriving. People are moving here left and right. The home, um, the building industry is great. Restaurants are open. Everything's open and thriving. California is dying by the day. The streets look like, you know, littered with garbage. The homeless are doing you-know-what nasties in the streets. um The drug issue is out of control. San Francisco, a once-beautiful city, is just a city of filth and disgust. Stores are being robbed left and right. Crime is running rampant. What is Newsom going to say that is so wonderful about his state?
0: Uh, I I don't know. I mean, it's going to be entertaining to find out. I mean, you know, you you look at the situation there, and you think, well, how can he brag about that? But I guarantee you, he will. Oh, of of course he will. Of course he will. Um,
1: But as far as he with with Hunter Biden, and besides Biden um, contributing a lot to his gubernatorial campaign, Newsom was among those that were invited to a china state dinner by the bidens but no one's sure if he
0: attended or not now we would know if he attended if they would turn over visitor logs well they're not going to do that and and that tells me he was probably there Right, and they don't want
1: that out now because here it is. He has a failing state, and now suddenly he's, you know, fraternizing with the enemy, if you will.
0: Well, not only fraternizing with the enemy, but fraternizing with the Biden crime family syndicate at the same time. Well, that's part of the enemy. (laughs) Well, it is. They're pretty much one and the same. They're interchangeable. You know, yes. you get right down to it. But it's it's very interesting that this comes out now when it's very possible that Gavin Newsom is measuring for new drapes in the Oval Office. He can measure all he wants, but he's not getting there. Well, he might be the well, nominee. Well, I shouldn't say that, Craig. We can never forget the voter fraud. Right. Biden campaigned from his basement and got there. That's true. Yeah, You know. So Newsom can get there just, you
1: know, sweeping up the streets of San Francisco if he has to.
0: It, it, but but we know he won't because if he had any intention of cleaning up the streets at San Fran, he'd have done it already.
1: True. Well, you know, there was a very disturbing
0: report
1: on... Um, uh, the five today. I don't. I I think it was Judge Janine that talked about it, but I'm not positive on that. But it was the fact that people now in California's major cities that are absolutely falling apart—they've kind of become complacent and accepting of their cities being turned into crime-ridden dumps.
0: Well, you know what? If you want history's lesson, and I say if you don't pay attention to history, you're bound to repeat it. Absolutely. If you want the the history lesson on what happens to a city that goes in that direction, you don't really have to look any further than Detroit, Michigan. True. You know, Detroit was once a thriving city. I mean, it was was thriving. And Mm -hmm. then when the crime set in, When, you know, all of that, all the blue city policies went into effect, it started to crumble. They've lost well over half their population, just got up and moved out because they couldn't take it anymore. And what's left of Detroit now is a crime-ridden cesspool. Yeah. And it was such a beautiful city at one time.
1: But now, you know, you look at California and you go, how did these people, how did Californians vote this man back into office? They had a chance to get rid of him when he was, um,
0: they tried to recall him. um, And they didn't do it. Yeah, I don't understand that line of thinking, that mentality at all. You know, and... You know, you, you gotta you gotta kinda support the people that are getting out of there and, and going, you know, to other states, but you gotta really wonder about the people that are staying. What what the hell's wrong right. with them? Yeah, it, it just huh? doesn't make any sense. I have
1: a couple of friends that are still in California. They complain about it all the time, but you ask them, why don't you leave? and they're like, Oh, no, we can't leave. It's beautiful here. How could it be beautiful when you're just telling me it, it's like a cesspool now?
0: Yeah, I, you know, I suppose it depends on what part of California you're in. I mean, it's no wonder the northern part of the state just wants to secede and join well, some other. Well, not really, because
1: San Francisco's part of the northern part.
0: Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking maybe north central part. You know okay. that you you get into the north central. Uh, part of California, and and that section, although not very heavily populated, is very red. The rest of California is pretty darn blue. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. Um, Over in Ohio, we've got a situation, and this is kind of disturbing to me. uh, An Ohio judge has blocked an education overhaul uh, in that state in which the, the primary emphasis for what does or what does not get taught in schools, among other things, would land on the governor's desk and not with the um, Ohio State Board of Education.
1: Well, actually, the order uh, comes days after seven members of the Ohio State Board of Education filed a lawsuit against their Republican governor, Mike DeWine, uh, because He wants to do this overhaul. What he's trying to do is basically what DeSantis has done down here, clean up the education, um, the Board of Ed in Ohio, and now he's being
0: blocked. Well, and the judge says the law is unconstitutional. Now, I question the, the veracity of the judge's argument there, uh, I expect it's going to go to appeal because I don't think uh, Governor DeWine is going to take this sitting down. You know, I, the, the, the Board of Education is saying DeWine is on a power grab, and I think it's the other way around. I think it's uh, the Board of Education that wants to hold all the power uh, when it comes Absolutely. to schools because without it, they can't indoctrinate students properly. Right
1: well the, the whole thing
0: about this being unconstitutional
1: is questionable at best because the last time i read the constitution there was no mention of school
0: boards yeah i i you know that you're right because that's that's why i say i think the veracity of the judge's argument uh, is questionable this and what was it uh, DeWine's attorneys are calling it a frivolous lawsuit. Well, the lawsuit actually states
1: um, that the bill that the governor proposed strips the board's democratically elected members of their core and constitutionally intended duties and responsibilities for the oversight and governance of Ohio's public education system. Simply, they won't be allowed to indoctrinate students anymore. Boo-hoo. Boo-hoo, and, and they absolutely don't want that. The governor also wants to do a lot of things that uh, Governor DeSantis did. No more um, uh, drag queen shows, no more um, sex education to, you know, small children. Um, in other no, words, he wants no to more- clean up the the ohio system and bring it back to what education is supposed to be teaching reading writing math science history not all the social
0: garbage yeah no more crt right you know that's that's a big part of it too um, yes you know uh, the the people of ohio elected their legislators and their government and their governor and the legislators and the governor put forth a bill that passed in the legislature and was signed by the governor. Mm-hmm. Se- seems to me uh, that you know the people are getting what what they voted for, and then along comes this uh, left leaning judge and says, "Oh no 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 no, you you can't mess around with that. You know you can't you can't take the power away from the indoctrinators." Uh, but the thing is,
1: you absolutely can, because nowhere in the Constitution does it talk about Board of
0: Education. Yeah, and I if mean, it's
1: not there, how could it be unconstitutional?
0: Now, as I understand it, uh, this injunction that the judge put in place only lasts until I think it's October 11th, mm-hmm. uh, somewhere in the middle of October anyway, and that's when there's going to be a hearing to find out uh, whether or not um, the the uh, law stands, or you know whether the lawsuit moves forward, well, it's actually October
1: second, which is coming up, folks. Oh, that's quicker early, than I you know next week, um, and that's when a hearing will be scheduled to decide whether the law will be blocked indefinitely while the case continues to move through the courts. There really is no constitutional bearing on this
0: case, but it's all up to the judge and if exactly. if, the, if the judge is one of the Soros type judges,
1: I'm then, sure
0: you know which it sounds kind of like is the case, then they're going to ban it indefinitely and the case will move forward and it'll have to go to an appeal but you know the the, the idea that these teachers unions now have so much power that they can force children to be indoctrinated is I think beyond contempt. Absolutely. And
1: yet it depends on exactly who's going to rule on this, what's going to happen. If this judge is the ruling judge, there's going to be a lot of angry parents in Ohio.
0: Yeah. So it, it, It's one of those things where we're going to have to kind of keep an eye on it because a lot's going to happen in a very short amount of time. And it could set precedents as well. Yeah, nationwide.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, you know, let's just hope it's the right precedent. We hope so. Um. Joe Biden got boosted the other day. <laughs> um, well, at least he claims he got boosted. Right. He, um, a new,
1: whole new set of uh, COVID boosters is slowly starting to work its way into the market. However, many, many top medical people are saying, do not get it. However, every time, but Biden and crew are pushing this, and yet he's supposedly pushing this, but they had to, according to Medusa, otherwise known as, uh, what's her name, Jean-Pierre, whatever. I call her Medusa for pretty obvious reasons. Um... Instead of being out there promoting it like he was with the other jabs and boosters, showing the public he was taking his shot, this was done behind closed doors, no cameras present, and supposedly he got the newest vaccine along with a flu shot. Behind closed do- doors last week, no fanfare. But everybody has to go out and get this.
0: Right. Now, the question becomes, did he get boosted with anything, or is this just a sham? Personally, I'm
1: beginning to think it's a sham. Um, You can just inject somebody with saline, saline if there's any official pictures. Oh, look, look, look. Or if he did get the shot, I would not be surprised if he starts showing the adverse effects to
0: it. They probably just didn't want the public to see him being distracted by a squeaky toy and a lollipop.
1: That could be. <laughs> <laughs> you know?
0: That I mean could very well be. It's it's weird I, because all the times he's done it before, he's done it right in front of the cameras.
1: Exactly. And made a big thing about it. But here it is. This is supposedly the new the next generation of MR, you know, vaccines. Uh, it's supposed to take care of this, this, and the other thing. No matter that many medical professionals have come out and said, "Don't do this. Do not take this vaccine." Because what happened in the control group that it was tested on, they became more susceptible to other forms of COVID, other variants. Right. It didn't. It didn't protect them. No figure. They're the ones that got COVID, and yet people like me and, and many others, unvaxxed, unboosted, unmasked, did what we had to do. We're still COVID free because of herd immunity.
0: Well, it's I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised they release an official photo of the uh, of the boosting of Biden. But I prove it was the prove it was the booster. Prove there was anything at all. Prove it's not just a, a hypodermic Same. without a needle. Ah, that's true. You know, I mean, he's not going to know the difference. No, <laughs> he probably doesn't even know what he was rolling up his sleeve for. I, I guarantee it. Um, <laughs> finally, in the quick hitters tonight. Uh, our nation's energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, uh, did a four-day uh, little mini vacation uh, a few weeks ago in uh, an electric car. And mm-hmm. apparently, apparently, there's some issues. Yeah, issues with electric cars.
1: Who'd have thought it, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the issues was... She had an entourage. She had uh, a group that was kind of running interference for her little trip. Mm-hmm. And that group was using all gas powered cars. And right. they, they carefully, carefully, carefully plotted out a map. So they knew ahead of time how far they could go and where the next charging station was. And apparently it, this happened late in the summer they got to a, a place in Georgia where they had to recharge and the advanced group and the gas powered cars of course got there first and cleared everybody else out and waited then for uh Granholm to get there and charge her car. And one of the people that got shoved to the side was a family with an electric vehicle And they were low on charge, and they had a little infant, and it was like a hundred freaking degrees, and they had to sit there and wait. Yes, that's a total,
1: total disgrace. And by the way, folks, this little excursion, if you will, was taxpayer funded.
0: Yeah. Not only that, no Tesla. No Tesla. Now right. the reason that's interesting is because Tesla is not a union or manufacturer. Exactly, and Joe Biden
1: now is billing himself as the champion of unions.
0: Right now he he was in Michigan. Was it today or was it yesterday? He was in Michigan uh, to stand shoulder to shoulder with the United Auto Workers in their strike. Now pictures have come out showing UAW members scowling at Joe Biden because he's the one in his policies. He's the one responsible for them being on strike. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, what's funny about this actual trip, this trip, came out right before Biden announced another prohibition on oil drilling this time um, consuming millions of acres in the Arctic
0: right Uh, uh,
1: I mean the the trip was a stunt to begin with funded by us I didn't give him my permission to you know do this wild goose chase did you Craig
0: no No, and now the whole thing's going before uh, the House Oversight Committee because they want a bunch of questions answered as Mm -hmm. to how this came about, all the correspondence, all the documents related to it. Um, I mean, they've got a a laundry list of stuff they're looking for, um, including how many times in all the correspondence and documents was the name Tesla brought up, because I guarantee you it's zero. Right, right. You know this was this was a political stunt, uh, and it it could not have been done by garden variety normal people because so many times you get to a, a place where there are charging stations, and they've been vandalized or they're broken down; they don't work. You you have to go find a different place to charge your vehicle. So the advance team for this little outing all in gas powered vehicles so they wouldn't run out of distance that they could travel were scouted really? all over the place looking for charging stations that actually worked
1: the whole thing with electric cars you know the the basic concept of a battery operated automobile is not a terrible idea however our battery technology if you will is not at the level yet where a battery can, can you know could power a car for literally literally a thousand or 2,000 miles or 500 miles even. I mean we are in infancy stage as far as electric powered cars go. plus the fact he is pushing something that we rely on China for the lithium, for the batteries to, you know, move these cars.
0: Well, and that's We don't when-
1: have the supply of lithium needed for all the supposed people buying electric cars in this country. China is the biggest producer of lithium. Where it, it seems almost like, well, okay, we'll do this for you, Biden, but
0: you have to buy lithium strictly exactly. from us, you know? Exactly. It, the whole thing is fishy. Exactly. Exactly. It's a it's a it's a tit for tat thing. It's another quid pro quo. Yes. You know, and and it's ridiculous. It's gonna be interesting to see what the oversight committee gets as far as documents i guarantee you there'll be stall tactics involved so Mm -hmm. that's that's another thing we'll keep an eye on folks we've hit the bottom of the hour that means we got to take a quick break 30 minutes from now i'm talking about this is what tyranny looks like and when we come back from this break diane has it with playing a game of cleverly crafted numbers stay with us there's more to come on right side patriots after this You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news and talk where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sorey. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to
1: RSPRadio1.com. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at RSPRadio1.com.
0: Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor, If you miss any part of tonight's show, go to RSPRadio1.com tomorrow morning, click that podcast button, and have at it, because this show and all the rest will be there waiting for you. Yes, sir. All right, so folks, if you're living in a cave in Tora you probably don't realize what's going on in this country, but we are in uh, the uh, swings of a political campaign. Uh, presidential campaign and of course with any presidential campaign comes polling well we're more than a year away from the camp from the actual election the campaign is heating up so how much do the polls matter at this point in time diane decided to look into it this week in her op-ed playing a game of cleverly crafted numbers let
1: me begin by saying as the 2024 election election season starts heating up, the only Trump folks continue to worship at the altar of Donald J. Trump. They still hang on to his every word spoken and his every action taken, all while thinking that Trump already has the Republican nomination locked up. And while Trump could still get said nomination, the fact remains that Trump will not beat either Biden or any Democrat that might replace him, especially if Obama himself is forced to pull his aged puppet out of the race. Better to replace him now with one more conducive um, to doing what he or she is told to do, than let Joe Biden start making his own decisions. But why, in my opinion, will Trump lose? The most obvious answer, of course, is that the Democrats have had almost four years' time to fine-tune and polish, if you will, their mastery at perpetrating what I call election irregularities, a.k.a. fraud. In layman's terms, if you think 2020 was the epitome of an election stolen, 2024 shenanigans will see 2020s pale in comparison. And with the race now appearing to be deadlocked between the two men, current polls show that of the 62% of Republicans currently backing Trump, they're doing so only as a show of support for him in his battle against the Democrat-initiated witch hunt, while 64% of Democrats currently supporting Biden are doing so solely as a vote against Trump, numbers way too close not to see election irregularities again coming into play. Simply, both reasons stated are not the right reasons upon which to base who will become America's next president, never mind who is actually the best choice to be president. And, Craig, why so? Because these numbers also show that for over 60-plus percent of Americans, it's revenge politics not substance or what each man brings to the policy table that appears to be the only reason for their voting, whether it be for or against Donald J. Trump.
0: You know, one of the things that's really interesting in in the polling and at this particular point in the campaign is the, the fact that all these things are coming down on Donald Trump, there was uh, yet another decision made by a judge today regarding his business dealings in New York City.
1: Mm-hmm. And yet,
0: with all of this, you know, swirling around the the candidate Trump, what's happening to the poll numbers? Well, you have to start by saying a lot
1: of that is um, cynicism. Whether it be righteous or not, we still see Donald Trump's poll numbers grow with each indictment the Democrats levy against him. So knowing this outcome, the questions become, why then are the Democrats continuing this endeavor? Why are the Democrats indicting a man they know could somehow end up back in the White House? And even if convicted, could once in office pardon himself and the others charged along with him? Why? The answer is simply, because they can. And with the Democrats most always being media-aided in their quest, after all Trump news, whether it be good news or bad news, helps assure said media of a ratings bonanza, which equates to increased revenue for their all-important bottom-line profits. So as we expected, we now see these folks continuing to relish in painting Donald J. Trump as democracy's enemy, thus creating a partisan loyalty ploy being laid bare for all to save. So with the media and Democrat hierarchy keeping the focus on Trump via their ever-growing witch hunt scenario instead of on sickly gaff-ridden, economy-destroying Joe Biden and his crime family syndicate, they're able to gather real-time numbers to see just how loyal Republicans are to the man who carries way too much political baggage. And with the media still controlling the election discourse, coupled with their tallying upset numbers, as many Republicans rally around Trump, for now anyway, They can see exactly the numbers needed to not only get Biden reelected, but do so by playing to the all-important independent voters. And why these particular voters? Because independent voters are still, for the most part, sitting on the fence in a quandary over whom to vote for. A former president who could become a convicted felon? Or the man controlled by Obama, who himself is, in my opinion, controlled by the infamous George Soros. And as I write this, Trump's much-needed-to-win-independent vote numbers are simply not yet there. And the Democrats know this. Basically, without the Democrats being able to know the approximate numbers needed for a Biden victory, how can they be certain of a Trump loss? Simply, they can't be. And now, with polls showing Trump's support numbers growing with each new indictment levied against him, the fabricated witch hunt takes on a whole new meaning, as it does draw out the numbers of the Democrats, the numbers they need to see, so they can plan their irregularities against Trump accordingly. And this drawing out of numbers might have been the Democrats' strategy all along. Continue to indict Trump, cleverly craft his trial dates to occur when it's more advantageous to the Democrats, and the Independent and a number of Republican voters might not be there for Trump to secure the nomination. And why so, Craig? Because the trials would actually be underway And key evidence would have been presented, some of which would not be in Trump's favor.
0: Okay, so here's a question for you, because you've mentioned, you know, O'Biden and Obama and, you know, however you want to, you know, term it out. But with Biden on the ticket and all the problems he's having, not only, you know, with the bribery and the whole crime thing, but also cognitively uh, Mm -hmm. and everything. How much does the wizard behind the curtain play a role in keeping Biden at the top of the ticket?
1: Okay. By keeping Joe Biden on the top of the Democrat uh, ticket, the Democrat hierarchy counts on Democrat voters to rally behind Biden commonly referred to as O'Biden, for they know that, in the end, Democrat voters, most of whom are still loyal to Obama, do tend to put partisan politics above all else, and way more times than not, will vote a straight party line ticket. Obama's fourth term in office counts on this happening, and he and the party elite will do any and everything to see that Trump is so mired down in indictments that the much-needed independents, coupled with mainline Republican voters, will continue to turn away from Trump. Now, here is where some variations and questions regarding this scenario comes into play. First, what if Obama and crew do decide that it's time to pull Biden out of the race? Who do they substitute in his place as their choice of options, no matter whom they pick, has their own issues to deal with? And second, how would Democrat voters and the media treat said person at this late date? However, Before I answer those questions, it's important to understand that no matter what the polls currently say, remember, polls are usually decidedly partisan in nature with numbers easily skewed to favor certain candidates. Most Americans, except for the only Trump folks, do not want a Trump v. Biden rematch as most view both men as too old and that it's now time for the next generation of leaders to take over. But why is the age issue now becoming a forefront matter? Our government as it stands now is mostly comprised of the baby boomer or pre-baby boomer generation, with a scattering of millennials and generation Xers thrown in for good measure. And while those on the older side might or might not have served as well in the past. They now need to understand that all things in due time must come to an end. Those like Nancy Pelosi, Diane Feinstein, and Mitch McConnell, to name but a few, should have retired long ago, if not for health reasons alone. There's the fact that judgment, cognitive skills and stamina does tend to falter when one reaches a certain age. And while the old adage that with age comes wisdom might be true for most folks, it seems that for some in today's government, wisdom, common sense logic, and clear thinking, things critical to America's well-being, seems to evade them. For in their health, physically and mentally declines, these folks seem to strive to hold on to power, even more so,
0: than they did in their younger days. You know, Diane, you, you mentioned three names in the in that part of this, uh Pelosi Feinstein and Mitch McConnell. You mm-hmm. know, and, and I don't want to cast aspersions on anybody that's getting up there in age, but Nancy Pelosi and Diane Feinstein were waitresses at the Last Supper, and Mitch McConnell <laughs> held George Washington's horse. You know, so very well be I mean, those aren't you know, there's, there's age issues on both sides of the aisle, but it's not just related to Congress. Right now, kind of Biden fits into that too, doesn't he? Oh, well, Biden directly fits into
1: that category for while age might just be a number for the lucky few. In Biden's case, age has not treated him well. We see that daily in Biden's slurred and sometimes incomprehensible speech, his actions, his declining agility, his mannerisms, and his overall failing mental acuity and forgetfulness. And when you add in policies that are proving to be truly anti-American, this man has no business running for anything, let alone president of these United States. Even Obama knows he can no longer fully control Biden, for the puppet strings he's tethered to are now knotted midstream. America sees this, the Democrats see this, and yet we still, for now anyway, see Biden in the race. And while Donald Trump, who's just three years younger than Joe Biden, thankfully does not show Biden's physical decline, the pressures he's under with all these indictments and accusations, a political witch hunt like none ever perpetrated on either a sitting or former president before, has taken a toll on him as well. How so? Because the man who championed the concept of MAGA no longer is the man he was in 2016. For Trump has now become a man not driven by what's best for America, but by what's best for him alone. Coming in the guise of revenge politics, probably the worst reason to run for office as revenge more times than not never works out as one has planned, means that if Trump were to lose to Biden a second time, whether it be via voter irregularities or not, it would not only negate all the good he did while president, but it would sadly be the direct lead into Obama's fundamental transformation of America, reaching its final fruition. And Craig, that's a legacy that history rightfully will not treat well. But what is even sadder is that Donald Trump knows this and still continues to run for an office that the Democrat hierarchy will never again allow him to achieve.
0: Yeah, by hook or by crook. They're, they're going to mm-hmm. do everything they can, and mostly by crook, I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to prevent that. But let's go back and look again at the Democrat ticket and you know right now it's biden and harris but what happens if it's not biden and harris okay well let's get back to that question
1: but we should phrase it what happens if the democrats if obama replaced biden with someone else They know that Biden's replacement cannot be the abject failure that is Kamala Harris. So who of name is left? Who has enough national visibility to be able to turn the tide in their favor as time is running out for whomever to garner momentum if Trump were to stay in the race? For me, two serious names come to mind. California Governor Gavin Newsom and House Minority Speaker Hakeem Jeffries from New York. And why are these two men? Because both men represent states with the largest electoral college vote. Remember, it's not the popular vote that elects the president. It's the electoral college vote that does. But with both their states now in a state of economic chaos and ruin, thanks mostly to their being sanctuary states, Could either man pull ahead in the polls and defeat a still-candidate Trump? Or is it too late for anyone to either enter the race, especially this late in the game? I believe it is not because of the time factor per se, but because the aforementioned voting irregularities have already been primed and ready to go for a Trump v. Joe Biden rematch. And it's courtesy of the Democrats having drawn out and seeing the numbers they need for a Biden win. All thanks to the indictment showcasing Donald Trump's numbers and did it by simply exposing the man. But what if Trump lost the nomination? And let's say my choice, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, were to become the nominee. Could he beat Biden, let alone Newsom or Jeffries? as voting irregularities would still be in play, albeit perhaps to a somewhat lesser degree. I believe Ron DeSantis could pull out a win, as not only will independent voters not start, not starting to favor him, they will start to favor him, as are a growing number of moderate Democrats, Democrats who like his proposed border policy regarding the ongoing illegal invasion, as well as his parents' right stance regarding their child's education. Also, because as a current nominee, DeSantis already has the name recognition, the national candidate visibility, and his being of the next generation of leaders, which satisfy many who think being over 75 is too old to be president. Simply correct, I believe DeSantis alone, especially with the right VP running mate, could counter any Democrat candidates garnering the number of states needed to secure the all important electoral college vote.
0: You know, I've got a, a, an interesting thing I want to bring up here in just a couple of minutes regarding the the democrat ticket and i want to see what you think i haven't asked you about it you've probably heard about it but uh, you and i have not even talked about it so i want to bring that up here in just a minute um so kind of wrap this thing up because this this whole thing is turning into a three ring circus and it's it's not going to get better it's going to get worse
1: Yeah, well, let me leave you with this very disturbing thought, folks. Socialist Democrat Bernie Sanders recently stated that Donald Trump running for president is, quote, probably a good thing for all the people who want to see that no Republican is elected to the White House, end quote. Please, guys, think about that very, very deeply and clearly, before casting your primary vote, case closed.
0: This is a very interesting op-ed that Diane's put together, folks, and I would urge you to go to either her blog, thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, or rspradio1.com. Grab the link and share it everywhere you can. It's under the title, Playing a Game of Cleverly Crafted Numbers. Now, here's the thing I wanted to bring up. As you know, I I think it's gonna be Gavin Newsom at the top of the Democrat ticket. Mm-hmm. You have other ideas, okay? And I think your your Hakeem Jeffries idea is the most intriguing one you've come up with yet, because there's there's a lot at play there. The the yeah. thing that makes me wonder about the the viability of it is and I, I've got two things I guess I want to bring up. First, do you think Hakeem Jeffries would be a willing puppet to Obama? Because Obama needs a puppet in that White House for his fourth term.
1: They have one very important
0: thing in common. Yeah. Neither one of them Irish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they
1: share... Um, I'm not going to say an ideology. I'm not going to say two black candidates because Hakeem Jeffries might be, you know, a, a man of of color, but Obama is half white. Well, he's still a
0: man of but color. He's just say, an off color.
1: <laughs> but I will say they share the same religious. Use your air quotes, folks ideology so i think there would be a commonality there where jeffries might well play by obama's rules
0: okay it's an interesting concept okay have you heard who ted cruz thinks it's going to be
1: yeah he thinks it's going to be uh the move michelle obama
0: right now i'm going to say the out loud the part he won't say out loud hmm if it is the move, if Michelle Obama becomes the nominee for the Democrats for 2024, it automatically moves Barack back into the White House. That's right. okay, and and she would be directly a puppet of his because she's got no idea what she's doing. Exactly.
1: And that's a very dangerous situation, folks. You think we're bad off now with Obama pulling Biden's strings? Imagine him again setting policy. The man who sold sold us out with the very, very bad Iranian nuclear deal. You want that man back in the White House?
0: I, I it's, don't. it's bad enough that he's the wizard behind the curtain right now, but you actually want him sitting there no. in the Oval Office every day telling the Moo what to do? No. Not only that, you have to remember
1: a lot of the trouble we're in right now, folks, is caused by Obama. He started it with his famous words, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon. He reignited a race war that was basically out. You know, it was basically just, you know, little embers left. He He started his nonsense with Obamacare, which is an absolutely horrendous medical system. He started the whole thing with reparations. He pushed forward the BLM. He had them in the White House. He was a a total uh, supporter of critical race theory. I mean, this man was everything anti-American you can think of.
0: And his wife is even worse. Well, and think of her one big claim to fame. She couldn't even get school lunches right. I know. they—they you know, they, you know, Obama put her in charge of redesigning the school lunch program in this country, and she failed. It was garbage. Kids were throwing out the the lunches left and right. You know, I mean, uh, so, you know, when I say she has no idea what she's doing, she can't even get a lunch menu straight. No. All right. So, but it's. And, but,
1: and she's the one, remember, remember her famous line, Craig, all this for a flag.
0: Yeah. At the 9-11 uh, memorial. Yeah. You know, but this is why Ted Cruz makes an interesting point. You know, she, she's useless. She's absolutely useless, except that she would be the perfect puppet for Obama, for Barack Obama. Right.
1: I would like to think that the Democrat hierarchy is smart enough to try to pull that maneuver because, remember, the disaster, that's Kamala Harris. Uh
0: Uh-huh.
1: America, in my opinion, and I speak about this in next week's article, America is not ready yet. Because of people like Hillary Clinton, Michelle Obama, and Kamala Harris, America is not ready, in my opinion, for a woman president yet.
0: I would we agree be with eventually, you. eventually,
1: But it's not in 2024.
0: I agree with you. Unfortunately, there are a lot of virtue signaling lunatics on the left. I think even a lot of the left would not
1: go for her. The
0: moderate left would not go for her. I hope you're right. Folks, I want you to do one of two things. I want you to either go to Diane's blog, thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com or go to rspradio1.com. Either place, you can find the link to Diane's op-ed this week, Playing a Game of Cleverly Crafted Numbers, and I want you to grab that link and share it everywhere you can. There's a lot of interesting material in this op-ed. There's a lot of interesting possible prognostication in this op-ed. It's going to be interesting over the next several months to see how it all plays out because uh, right now they're shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic. It's going to be interesting to see which chairs remain as the Titanic slips below the waves.
1: Well, off topic here, just for a second, I just got a breaking report. Now, I do not have verification on this, but it's it's breaking on one of the um, Republican sites. Democrat Representative Adam Schiff has been busted for steering millions of taxpayer dollars to for-profit defense contractors, many of whom have been political donors to his campaigns
0: it wouldn't shock me
1: wouldn't shock me, but it would be if this is true, we might you know when Biden goes down his crime syndicate goes down, maybe well Adam Schiff will be going bye bye as well
0: and let's let's not forget Bob Menendez. oh yeah, out yes. of New Jersey. Folks, we got to take a break. We hit the top of the hour. We're going to keep an eye on that story that J- Diane just brought us. We'll see if we can't get any further confirmation on that. Uh, right now, it's a report that's out there. We have yet to confirm it. But we'll look right. into it, and hopefully, at the end of the show, we'll be able to give you a little bit more information. Well, so, I don't think we can get that kind of information that fast. Well, just I'm just saying if we can get it from another source or two. Right. Okay, so... Bear with us. We'll see what we can find. If not, we'll bring you up to speed on Friday on that particular story. Right now, we've got to take a break. When we come back, I'm talking about this is what tyranny looks like. Stay with us. More to come on Right Sight Patriots after this. Hi
1: guys. Diane sorry from The Patriot Factor on the thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's long-time Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at RSPRadio1.com.
0: You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio. The best in conservative commentary, news, and talk where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of right-side patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet.
1: You're listening to RSPRadio1.com.
0: Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Greg Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. It's Tuesday night, and if you miss any part of the show, go to RSPRadio1.com tomorrow morning, click that podcast button, and have at it! Okay. All right, so this week, I was looking at all the the different things that are going on uh, politically in this country right now, and it's pretty damn depressing. Um, you just, you just get the feeling that the founders and framers would be spinning like lathes in their grave if they could see what's happening now. Mm -hmm. So I put together, uh, a commentary under the title of this is what tyranny looks like. Now, whether, uh, while there are some out there who would consider this commentary as conspiracy theory, I assure you that it's not. Let's be honest here. Over the past five years, we've issued warnings that were, by the liberals, labeled as conspiracy theories that one by one proved to be absolute truths. And We said that social media was shadow banning Republicans and censoring any whose opinions went contrary to the liberal agenda. We were labeled as conspiracy theorists, but as it turned out, it was 100% true. We said that Hunter Biden's laptop was his and that it revealed evidence of both Hunter's and Joe Biden's illegal activities. We were called, again, conspiracy theorists, but that also panned out as 100% truth. We said that the 2020 election was rigged, that the COVID mandates were bogus, that the virus was manufactured in a lab in Wuhan, China, and that January 6th looked for all the world like an inside job perpetrated and fanned by liberal beltway operatives. Conspiracy theories? Nope. Last week, it was quietly announced that the regime in power, or by the regime in power, that New tentacles of government are being created, and their goal is to protect the American people from ourselves. President Reagan once said, and rightly so, that the most terrifying words you'll ever hear are, I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. Reagan could not have been more correct. First of all, it was announced last week that the Biden regime intends to create an office for gun violence. Gun control activists are trying to convince law-abiding citizens that an official office would help coordinate government-wide efforts to address gun violence and allow the White House to, and I use my quotes here, exert more leadership. Diane, I think that should be considered a giant waving red flag.
1: Well, what it simply is, in a nutshell, is they're trying to take away our Second Amendment right to uh, keep and bear arms, basically.
0: Yeah, I mean, what they're talking about here is a policymaking arm of the liberal machine that right. will be filled with unelected bureaucrats who work feverishly to restrict and remove rights from law-abiding citizens guaranteed by the creator as spelled out in our second amendment, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It's not that they don't understand what shall not be infringed means. It's that they have a very clear understanding of its meaning, and they hate it. Mm-hmm. What happened a couple of weeks ago in New Mexico, where Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham tried to enact a gun ban without due legislative process, and in a clear violation of the Second Amendment, was a trial balloon. She, at one point, actually said that our constitutional rights are not absolute. Here's the direct quote. Quote, no constitutional right in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute, unquote. I beg to differ, but that quote does offer quite the insight into the desperate desire of the liberal elite. That liberal governor knew full well that there was going to be heavy blowback regarding such a gun ban. And she also knew that it would be taken to court. What she may not have seen coming was an attempt to impeach her, but that doesn't really matter because she'll probably beat the rap. So why take the chance? Why try to shred the second amendment in the face of heavy opposition? Simple. It's because she's a good little liberal soldier willing to take one for the team. There is no better way to gauge the possible response on a national scale than to float a trial balloon on a lightly populated blue state in order to draw out opposition response and subsequent tactics. It's no coincidence that this new bureaucratic arm of the liberal elite that will push the dismantling of the Second Amendment on a national scale came just a week after floating that New Mexico trial balloon and watching the immediate response to it from pro-Second Amendment legal groups. Now, the dust-sniffing yahoos and pencil-pushing unelected liberal bureaucrats know exactly what to expect down the road. Conspiracy theory? Diane, I think not. No way. Well, you know what? This isn't enough. The,
1: the, The gun issue for them is not enough. Now... They're also trying to create a group, basically,
0: to protect us from us. Yeah. I mean, that brings up the other new arm of the liberal machine uh, that's being created right out of thin air to protect us from ourselves, as Diane said. It's called the Homeland Intelligence Experts Group. Hmm. Now, this is yet another bunch of unelected bureaucrats being formed to strong-arm the American public and to dismantle the First Amendment. The supposed job of this group, according to DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, is to, and I quote, "...provide advice and perspective on intelligence and national security efforts to the Office of Intelligence and Analysis," and the office of counterterrorism coordinator to support dhs's vital work to protect our country mayorkas claims that the homeland intelligence experts group addresses complex problems and threats facing our country by increasing quote, our capacity to collect generate and disseminate actionable intelligence to our federal state local territorial, tribal, campus, and private sector partners for the security of the American people, unquote. Mayorkas claims that the Homeland Intelligence Experts Group is being formed at a time of unprecedented challenge with the U.S. intelligence enterprise facing threats from a range of malign actors to include foreign nation state adversaries, domestic violent extremists, cyber criminals, drug trafficking cartels, and other transitional criminal organizations. Unquote. Now that's a bunch of legalese and smoke screens hiding the true intent of this enterprise. Remember, Mayorkas is the DHS secretary who swears up and down. That our border is secure and he's done absolutely nothing to stem the flow of illegal, unvetted aliens from around the globe, including from China and some pretty malign actors from the Middle East, including ISIS, from pouring across our southern border. So to now make the absurd claim that he's suddenly concerned about foreign nation state adversaries and drug trafficking cartels is laughable. So, what exactly is a malign actor? Well, that's someone who is evil in nature or effect, by definition. Notice, Diane, that also Mayorkas inserts domestic violent extremists into the mix. And just who exactly are the domestic violent extremists? Well, those would be your garden-variety domestic terrorists that show up at school board meetings thinking they should have a say regarding what the indoctrinators are doing with their kids for six to eight hours every day.
1: Well, what they're doing here is actually playing a game of word semantics. They're changing the meaning of certain words to meet their
0: political agenda. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost tra- laughably transparent when mm-hmm. you think about it. Not only parents who want to keep the government from raising their kids, but malign actors and domestic violent extremists will also undoubtedly include any law-abiding citizen who adheres to both the First and the Second Amendments. After what we've witnessed leading into the 2020 and 2022 election cycles regarding the orchestrated censorship of any who dared to contradict the liberal agenda, I assure you that it is no coincidence that the formation of this so-called Homeland Intelligence Experts group is taking place in the run-up to the 2024 election. Mm-hmm. Conspiracy theory? Certainly not. And as proof that the uh, 2024 steroid, that this is the 2024 steroided up version of what we saw in 2020, let me inform you as to the names at the top rank, as the top ranking members of this new Homeland Intelligence Expert Group. It's John Brennan and James Clapper. Now, that would be the same Brennan and Clapper. Who lent their names to the list of 51 former intel officers who swore up and down that the Hunter Biden laptop was nothing but Russian disinformation in order to interfere with the 2020 election? And that's how the whole censorship ball got rolling, which was soon after facilitated by the FBI and the DOJ. Homeland Intelligence Experts Group, my ass. How about I just call it what it really is? The American Stasi. Now, for those who may not have a clear recollection of the Cold War, the Stasi was the Ministry for State Security, which was founded in 1950 under the direct guidance of the Soviet secret police as being a domestic secret police organization. And it was also an investigative authority within the Soviet foreign intelligence agency. The American Stasi will do nothing to protect our country from foreign nation-state adversaries, but it will do everything it can to protect anti-American liberal agenda items from law-abiding malign actors and domestic violent extremists. Think about it. What did the Department of Homeland Security do when China hopscotched across our airspace with a spy balloon under the watchful eye of Alejandro Mayorkas. Absolutely nothing. But, Diane, try and take a cell phone out and record your next school board meeting or post your thoughts regarding the upcoming election if you have no intention of surrendering your rights and just see what Mayorkas's American Stasi does to you bunch of malign actors and domestic violent extremists. Well, we did get a little taste of what a group like this
1: would do on January 6th.
0: Oh, yes. That's that's a fact. Uh, if you have any question as to how the American Stasi will operate going forward, I refer to you uh, or refer you to what we're finding out as fact regarding January 6th, 2021. Last week, it was revealed as fact, not as a conspiracy theory that we've been Told It was over the past two years that we were engaging in that, quote, the FBI had so many paid informants at the Capitol on January 6, 2021, that it lost track of the number and had to perform a later audit to determine exactly how many confidential human sources run by different FBI field offices, were present that day, and at least one informant was communicating with his FBI handler as he entered the Capitol, unquote. Now, that came from none other than Stephen DiAturno, a former uh, person in charge of the FBI's Washington field office. That didn't come from some weird conspiracy group. Last Wednesday, September 20th, in the House Judiciary Committee hearing, Representative Thomas Massey grilled A.G. Merrick Garland regarding J-6. Now, I've got the um, the clip of that grilling embedded as a YouTube video in the blog, and I encourage you to watch that video if you want to know what to expect in the very near future. Massey was incredulous, and rightly so. The FBI has admitted to having so many operatives in the J-6 crowd that they lost track of the number, while the DOJ has been arresting people that weren't even there on felony charges, including grandmothers for supposedly trying to overthrow our government. But the weaponization of government agencies as a political tool is not confined to the FBI, the DOJ, or the new American Stasi. Remember, the current regime wanted to bring 76,000 new IRS agents into an agency with a recent history of targeting Republicans and conservatives strictly for political purposes. And it's the same agency that helped slow walk the Hunter Biden tax evasion investigation until the statute of limitations ran out. Trust me, Diane, if the liberal elitists ever seize control of both the House and the Senate again, they will fully fund that strong armed and heavily armed branch of the Stasi.
1: Yeah, well, there's something else that's forgotten about when you talk about this, and that is the courts. What's going to happen to the courts if the Stasi? is put into place
0: well i think there's still yet another trial balloon floating over california right now which requires judges to evaluate whether or not parents have affirmed their child's belief that they are transgender during custody battles and from where are those children getting such ideas Of course, they're being indoctrinated by government-run schools in that regard. (laughs) And what happens to those children in said custody battles? Well, according to Nicole Pearson with the organization Protect Kids California, if both parents are conservative and they are not comfortable affirming their child's indoctrinated gender status, the state will find that both are endangering or neglecting or even abusing their child, and remove custody from both parents, whereas in then the child becomes a ward of the state. Absolutely none of what I have related in this commentary is conspiracy theory. It's all solid and verifiable fact, and it's happening right before our very eyes. If we choose to ignore any of it in the hope that it will all magically disappear and go away, we will lose this country forever. Let mm-hmm. this commentary serve as a dire warning, because this is what tyranny looks like.
1: Yeah, it's object-in-your-face tyranny. And the problem is, if we don't get a Republican in to the White House... If we don't take back the Senate and if we don't keep the House, which is tenuous at best to begin with, our country is the republic we were meant to be. Those days could very well be numbered.
0: Yeah, I, you know, you look at the situation we're in and these liberals, the liberal elite, they're not even trying to hide it anymore. No, you know, no, they're, no, they're not even trying to disguise what they're doing, right? Yeah, you know, this is this is as in your face as you can get. You know, they're they're putting together this Homeland Intelligence Experts Group, really, and they, and they're they're proud of it. And and yeah. get get this, and I I have this. This is actually from the the commentary, and it's a direct quote. What they're hoping to do is increase quote our capacity to collect, generate, and disseminate actionable intelligence to our federal, state, local, territorial, tribal, campus. Those are your centers for higher indoctrination. Right. And private sector partners for the security of the American people. No. If you think the censorship from 2020 was something... You ain't seen nothing yet. What this is, whether
1: some like it or not, this is Nazism come back to life.
0: Yeah, and this I is mean, the SS, folks. That's why I call it the American Stasi. That's what it is. Yeah, I mean this, and they're not even trying to disguise it anymore. Oh, yeah, no. they give it a fancy name, but they tell you right out what they're going to do. No, we cannot allow
1: this. I have said this before. I'm not promoting violence by any means. I still say, let's fix what we can in the ballot box. But if something like this were to come about, the old adage behind every blade of grass will come about as well.
0: I hope you're right, because... It- we, this country can't take much more of this before we no. go past the tipping point.
1: No. The, when we're more worried about trans people than we are about what's happening at our border, when we're more worried about um, we can't drill here, we can't drill there as people, Americans— can't afford food home, we have veterans sleeping on the streets who just cannot afford not only homes but proper medical care if we're putting all this nonsense before what's really important we will lose this country and the only way to stop it is picking the right person to not only run But to have the Republican hierarchy start laying down the law about this early voting crap, this voting on the day you register crap, and everything else that goes along with it. Because the Constitution clearly states the words election day.
0: I mean, this is all stuff that we got to be aware of now because if we wait much longer, it's going to be too late to do anything about it outside of a second American revolution. And that gets messy.
1: That will get real
0: messy in certain areas of the country. I mean, you know, you you look at the situation as, as we see it now, if you think, well, this isn't that big a deal and oh, this will go away. And you know, you're, you're wrong. This is a huge deal, and it's not going away. They're no, counting. It's not. The people that are putting the Stasi together, the people that want to erase your Second and First Amendment rights, they're counting on your complacency. Well, some
1: of us aren't complacent. Some of us are wide awake, whether de- the Democrats like it or not, and we know what they're trying to do.
0: Right. But if they get this all in place, my point is if they get this all in place, you can complain about it all you want. And you can even take steps to to do something about it, but the Stasi will come to get you. Yeah. I mean... But again, vote carefully,
1: folks. uh, Seriously, our future depends on this election. Republicans need to get off their butts and deal with the voting fraud. They've had going to be four years to deal with this they've done nothing nothing nothing
0: i mean that's why i say at the end of the commentary regard this as a warning because if things don't change and i mean change right now then it's it's gonna it, we're gonna lose this country it's it, we're mm-hmm. just that close it's, and you know
1: what folks think about it if america goes where do we go yeah what other pla- what other country on the face of this planet has the freedoms that we do some have a lot of freedoms but nobody is as free as we are here
0: and and, and our freedoms are dwindling
1: by the day under this this administration yeah.
0: i mean it's it's a horrific situation that we find this country in and that's why I put together this particular commentary. I would urge you to go to my blog, thenationalpatriot.com or rspradio1.com. Either place, you can get the link, and I hope you share this everywhere. People need to understand exactly what's going on because they're soft-pedaling this, and you're not going to hear mm-hmm. this in the mainstream media. Okay, They're no. not talking about this stuff, but these things are happening. The going after the Second Amendment, the trial balloon in New Mexico, they're not done with that yet, trust me. Oh, no, not at all. And this new homeland security nonsense, they get those two things through. They will end both the First and Second Amendments and see how far you get with the rest of the amendments after that.
1: Well, they try to do something with the First and Second Amendments. There will be blood in America's streets. I really think so, because people are not going to take it. It's
0: going to be interesting to see what happens. Go to RSPradio1.com. That's where you can get both my link and Diane's link. One easy stop, one-stop shopping uh, for, Mm -hmm. for the important links this week. Also, go there to click the podcast button if you missed any part of tonight's show. We'll have that podcast, this podcast, up tomorrow morning, so you can... Take a listen to whatever you missed or share the link to that too. Yeah, absolutely. But don't Uh, use the word share on Facebook. No, no, they frown on that. (laughs) They really do. Um, (laughs) Diane's uh, op-ed, playing a game of cleverly crafted numbers. My commentary, this is what tyranny looks like. And with that, Diane, you and I have run out of time for the show tonight. Oh, yes, we have. So with that, see you guys Friday and nighty-night. Have a great rest of the week. We'll catch up with you on Friday. Bye-bye.